good morning, West Bowles Community Church. How are you? Good. Everyone awake? Kind of. Yeah, I, we all got an extra hour of sleep. We should all be super energized. No, not some of us. Well, hey, my name is David Perez. I'm the youth director here at the church. Um, I'm so excited to be here with you all this morning. If it's your first time, first time in a long time, or you come here regularly, we are so thankful you are here. Uh, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get started. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day and this time. Uh, Lord God, thank you for the opportunity for us to gather as a church family. Um, Lord, I pray this morning that you open hearts, Lord God, that you speak through me. Um, that it would not, not be my words, but yours. We love you and thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, how many of you have ever been between a rock and a hard place? Anyone? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say all of us, if not almost all of us, have been in between a rock and a hard place. For me, one of those moments came what would have been my sophomore year in college. Uh, we had just finished moving my buddy Andrew up uh, to CU Boulder and uh, getting him up to his house. And so his parents and a bunch of my buddies, we decided we were going to go up and visit him and have some dinner. Uh, and so his parents left, and as college students do, we were running late. And so we all piled in my car, and just before we left, I remember thinking, I kind of got to use the bathroom. Okay, and I said, you know what? I think I'll be okay. I'm fine. It's a 30-minute drive up to Boulder the way we drove. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll make it. We'll make it. So we get in the car, and that decision is going to come back to bite me in the butt. We get in the car. We drive up there. And we're about five minutes out, and my bladder feels like it's going to explode, okay? I'm like, oh, my gosh, we need to get there. And we hit this red light. Now, we hit what I still believe to this day is the silliest, um, how do I put this kindly, dumbest intersection in the entire United States. Okay, I'm not even kidding. I'm going to explain it to you so you can agree with me, all right? So when you get up there, it's a two-lane road. Here's the light, two-lane road, and then there's another intersection here. On the other side of the light, the lanes continue, okay? So but there's a sign on top of this light that says, buses straight only, all other traffic turn right. Okay, now if there, was, if there was like a bus stop or even like a bus station on the other side of, of that light, I'd say, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. I get why they say no one else but buses can go straight, everyone else turn right. However, that's not the case. You get to the other side of that light, the lane continues. In fact, there's businesses, there's apartment complexes that can turn out onto that street. So it, like, I don't get it, okay? This is over 10 years ago, and I'm still like, why, all right? So we get to the light, it turns red. I'm like, oh my gosh, we need to get there. And guess who pulls up behind me? A cop. Yep, there's a cop right behind me. And so I've got a decision to make. I'm between a rock in a hard place, all right? So option one, I turn right, I get lost, and I most likely pee my pants with all my buddies in the car, okay? <laughs> option two, I go straight through the light, I cross my fingers and pray the cop does not pull me over, all right? So the light's still red, we're sitting there, I'm talking to my buddies, they're telling me what they think we should do, I'm trying to figure stuff out, I'm in a, like sheer panic. Light turns green, I floor it, okay? Run right through the light. Not even two feet past the light, cop turns his lights on. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I pull over and, uh, you know, I've got my hands at 10 and 2. Cop rolled my window down. Cop goes, do you know why I pulled you over? And I said, yeah, because that is the dumbest intersection in all the United States. That's why you pulled me over. And you know what? No, you're not giving me a ticket. Whatever, officer. I'm going to do what I want. He pulled me out of the car, arrested me. I spent the night in jail. 
Um, totally kidding. That's not what happened. Joking. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I had to pull your legs. Uh, no. Of course, you know, you know, I pulled you over. Yes, I went through the light. Did you not see the giant sign? Yes, I did. I didn't know how else to get to my buddy Andrew's house, so I ran it. Long story short, he gives me a ticket, okay? Now, we've, we've all been between a rock and a hard place, um, but I thought that it would be good for us to, as a community, as a body this morning, experience being between a rock and a hard place together. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to play a game called Would You Rather, okay? If you've never played this game, here's what's going to happen. There's going to be a question on the screen. It's going to say, would you rather do this or do that, okay? You've got to choose which one you'd rather do. So it'll be up there. We'll read it. I'll give you a few seconds. You can discuss it with your neighbor. And then by show of hands, we're going to see who would rather do what, all right? So here's the first question. Would you rather get free clothes for a year or get free food, including groceries, for a year? You can only do one, all right? So think about it. I'll give you five seconds. All right, all right. Who would rather get free clothes for a year? Okay. Who would rather get free food for a year? Yeah, there it is. Yep, I'm right there with you guys. I, I would eat so much food, I would earn that free food, all right? Next question. Would you rather eat a sandwich made from four ingredients in your fridge, chosen at random, or eat a sandwich made by a group of your friends from four ingredients in your fridge. All right, think about it. Just remember, if it's your friends, they might get real fun with it, okay? All right, who would rather eat a sandwich just at random, four ingredients chosen at random? Okay, who, who would rather eat a sandwich that your friends get to choose? Ooh, you guys are bold, daring. I would not let my buddies choose those ingredients. Oh, goodness gracious. All right, next question. Would you rather live without hot water for showers or baths or live without a washing machine? Now, just think about that. You're either buying new clothes all the time or you are hand-washing those puppies, okay? But cold showers, ugh. All right, who would rather live without hot water? Wow, okay. Who would rather live without a washing machine? Free clothes for a year. <laughs> Free clothes for a year, he says. That's awesome. <laughs> great. All right, next one. Uh, would you rather be a reverse centaur or reverse mermaid merman? Now, let me explain. You've got your legs, but you've got the top half of a horse, okay? Or you've got the top half of a fish, and you've got your legs. That's what that looks like, all right? So think carefully. All right, who would, who would rather have the top half of a centaur? Who would rather have the top half of a fish? All right. I don't know what I would rather do in that one. That's a tough one. All right, I think this is the last one. I'm um, sorry, no, we got two more. Would you rather be constantly tired, no matter how much you sleep, or constantly hungry, no matter how much you eat? Get free food for a year. Come on. You <laughs> get smart on me. Oh, all right, who would, who would rather be constantly tired? Who would rather be constantly hungry? I think I'd rather be tired. I get, I get bad when I'm hangry. Just ask my wife. It's not pretty. All right, this is the last one. Would you rather never use social media sites or apps? Again, no Snapchat, no Instagram, no Facebook, no TikTok, okay? Or 
never watch another movie or TV, and that includes Netflix, okay? All right? It's obvious. I hear one, it's obvious. All right, who would rather never use an app again? Oh, wow. Oh, I'm surprised. All right, who would rather never watch a TV show again? Anyone. All right, we got a few. Okay, cool. Now, we played that fun game and, uh, you know, shared my story about my rock in a hard place because... In this life, we make decisions, and we make a lot of decisions, make a lot of choices. We have a lot of choices. And so, this morning, we're actually going to talk about two choices that we have, and they're two very different and drastic choices, but they're really two ways we get to choose to live our lives, all right? So, in order to introduce us to our first choice, we are going to pick it up in Philippians chapter 2. So, if you have your Bibles, open up with me to Philippians chapter 2. If not, The verse will be up on the screen, and we're going to start in verse 12. It says this, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but how much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We're going to stop right there. Continue to work out your salvation. That's a confusing passage, isn't it? We read that and we go, Paul, what are you saying? Work out my salvation. Because when we think of the words work out, okay, we think of like working out and going to the gym. We think about working out or solving a problem or a math problem. We even think about working out an argument or disagreement with a friend, a coworker, a loved one. No matter how you cut it, when we hear work out, we think of something that's very much my responsibility, something that I have to do. It's me doing. It's up to me. And so when we read that passage, sometimes what I think happens is we look at that and we go, Paul, are you saying that I have to earn my salvation? That it's by my works that I get my salvation? Now that's contrary, and that contradicts everything we've learned about salvation in our faith, doesn't it? We've learned and we've been taught that salvation is through grace, grace alone, nothing we can do. And when we read that, we go, well, what are you saying, Paul? And in fact, it, it goes opposite of what Paul even tells us next. Verse 13 says this, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So which one is it, Paul? Do I have to earn it? Do I need to work for it? Or is it God that does the work? Can I propose to you guys a a different option? A different way to look at the, the words work out? In light of what we just read in 13, in light of what we know about salvation and God's grace, what if a new way of working out was to look at it as work outward? Work outward. Let what God is doing in here work its way out here. When we look back actually at the original Greek, we actually see that that's, that's a little closer phrasing. Instead of work out your salvation, work outward. And so what Paul is getting at is exactly what Nathan talked to us about last week. If you were here last week, he was saying that the temperature or your relationship here has a direct effect on the temperature or your relationship with people here. And that's exactly what Paul's telling us right here. He's saying, 
let the work that God is doing in here, the growing, the changes in your heart, the stretching, the teaching, everything, all the work that's happening in here that God is doing in you, let it work outward. Let it work its way out. Let it flow out of you. And in fact, when we do that, something powerful happens. Paul tells us later on in this chapter, and you'll see it, that we shine like the stars. We shine bright. When we let God use us and flow what he's doing in here out, we shine bright like stars. And that's some pretty cool imagery, isn't it? But I don't want us to just picture that. I actually want us to experience that this morning. So here's what we're going to do. I want everyone to pull your cell phones out right now. Okay, everyone pull your cell phones out. And in just a moment, okay, John is going to turn out all the lights. All right? And so John's going to turn out all the lights. And um, what we're going to do is we're just going to sit in the dark for like 0.2 seconds. Okay, don't worry. It's not going to be long. And then when I say to turn on your flashlights, what I want you to do, turn your flashlight on on your phone. And I want you to hold it up in the air. So, okay, John, can you go ahead and turn the lights off? Don't turn your flashlights on just yet. Don't turn them on just yet. Okay, look how dark it is. All right, now here's what I want us to do. Everyone turn your flashlights on. Hold them up. Look around. Someone have an old camera? <laughs> Someone's phone was charged up. Church, isn't this cool? Look how bright this room is. Awesome. Okay, John, you can go ahead and turn the lights on. You guys can go ahead and turn your flashlights off. Didn't that look awesome? Didn't that look amazing? You see, when we let God work outward what he's doing in here, we shine. And that's the first choice we have in front of us, is this, is we can choose to live a life, we can choose to shine. Now, we don't always live that way, do we? We don't always let God work out what he's teaching us, what he's doing. No, sometimes we live another way. And Paul, actually, Paul tells us about that in the next chapter. So he continues, verse 14, Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like the stars in the sky. Again, verse 14, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Now, another word for grumbling or arguing, and this is the term I'm going to use for the rest of the sermon, is whining. Okay, whining, yeah. When you're always grumbling and arguing, you're kind of whining, aren't you? And and so when we look at that, after Paul talks about living a life that shines and, and after he talks about letting God work through you, why does he choose something that's so seemingly small to talk about? What's the big deal, Paul, with whining? Well, it actually shows something deeper. It shows what's going on in the condition of your heart. Because when you look at what we whine about, what we complain about, who's the focus usually on? Me, right? I didn't get what I wanted. It didn't happen the way I 
wanted it to, or I thought it would. They didn't do what I said. It's not fair that this is happening to me. And so when we look at the condition of our heart when, when we're whining, it's very focused here. Now, Paul's not saying, okay, Paul's not saying that we can't vent or we can't share frustrations. Someone, no, that's, that's healthy. In fact, if you do nothing but bottle everything up inside, you're just going to explode one day, right? No, what Paul is saying is it's an attitude. It's an attitude where, where your first reaction, your first instinct, or the way you walk through life when it's that of whining, it's not a pretty picture, is it? And actually, when, when we go through life whining, we kind of look like this video right here. I don't want to pay bills. I don't want to pay bills. I don't want to pay. I want to be there now. I want to be there now. No, 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 no. I don't know where I'm going. Mama, mama. Where's my Wi-Fi? I wanted soy. I wanted soy. <laughs> I wanted soy. I have to confess that last one looks a lot like me when I don't get my pumpkin spice cold brew. Um, it's a funny video, okay? But when we go through life with an attitude of whining, that's what we kind of look like. And when we're whining, and we're busy focusing on me, well, it's hard to shine, isn't it? And this world, church, this world needs that light because it is a dark world, isn't it? And Paul knew that. Paul knew that. If we read here, in verse 15, he says, So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. If you're looking at that in your Bible, you'll notice that's in quotation marks. Because what Paul is doing, he's actually quoting Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 32. And what that last chapter we read is, is Moses singing the song. Okay, singing the song, and this is right before he passes. And actually, God commanded him to sing that song. If we read earlier in chapter 31, God says, Moses, I've, I've put before the people life and I've put before them death. And he said, look at all that I've done for the people. And then he tells Moses, but you know what? I know they're going to turn from me. I know they're going to walk away from me. And so Moses, I need you to, to record this song to remind the people, one, of what I've done, but to remind the people, two, of what happens when they turn from me, of what goes on. And so as we read, continue to read in Scripture after Moses is passing, after this song, what happens to the people of Israel? They turn, don't they? They whine. They focus on what I 
want. In fact, they even turn to other gods. So we fast forward to Paul's time and what's going on in the world around the Philippians. Well, there's a lot of focus on me. There's a lot of whining. And there's a lot of idolatry. There's a lot of other gods that are being worshipped out there. Now let's bring it to today. What's going on in the world around us? What do we see? We see a lot of focus on me. We see a lot of whining. We see the worshiping of a lot of gods. The God of money, the God of success, the God of fame, the God of aesthetics and looking good, social media. And some people very realistically are serving other gods. So this world, church, this world needs us to shine. And so the other choice we have is, is this, is we can, we can whine. Choice number two is we can whine. And when we whine, we don't, we don't add to the light, do we? No, we don't, we don't help things shine around us. And in fact, I want to show us again. I want us to experience that together. So here's what we're going to do. Same thing, okay? John's going to turn out the lights. You're going to Pull out your cell phone. You can pull it out right now, okay? You're going to turn the flashlight on and you're going to shine it in your neighbor's eye. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay? No. You're going to have your cell phones out. John's going to turn the lights off. You can go ahead and turn your flashlight on now, and here's what's going to happen. I'm going to have you stick them up in the air for a second, okay? And then what I want you to do is grab your finger, and I want you to just cover the flashlight, all right? So, John, you can go ahead and turn the lights off, please. All right, hold them up. Look how cool that looks. All right, oh, I forgot to turn mine on. All right, here's what I want you to do. Cover it up with a finger. Cover them up. Cover them up. How much darker did it just get in this room? I got a lot darker, didn't it? All right, you can turn your flashlights off. John, would you please turn the lights back on? So church, that's the second choice we have. All right, and so we can shine or we can whine. We can shine or we can whine. We can let God work what he's doing in us outward or we can whine, which does not add, does not let light flow out and adds to the darkness in the world. So I would think that everyone in here would say, Given those two options, I want to shine. Is that a safe assumption? Yeah. Well, how do we do that? How do we shine? Well, Paul tells us. Here we are. Verse 16. He says this, As you hold firmly to the word of life, and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain as you hold firmly to the word of life, the first thing we need to do if we want to shine is have a strong connection with the source, with him, with the one who is the light and gives the light. And so let's, let's stay in the word. Let's pray and spend time in solitude. Let's worship. Let's spend time in community, specifically community that speaks his word 
into our lives. And so if we're going to shine, we have to be connected here. But if, if we have a strong relationship here and we keep it in here, if we focus on, you know what, I'm just going to have a good spiritual life, but I'm going to hold it to myself, well, we're not really shining, are we? No, it's got to work outward. And so Paul says this, verse 17, but even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Paul talks about sacrifice and service. You know, as as I was preparing the sermon, I, I thought about the people in my life who I really saw shine, who I really saw Christ through them. And two things. One, they, they had a strong relationship with him here. But then two, I watched the way they served people, the way they gave, the way they sacrificed, the way they looked out for the interests of others. You know, I thought about my parents who gave up what they need and what they want for the needs and the wants of their kids. I thought about growing up, my leaders, who sacrificed their time to listen to my problems and concerns. I thought about friends who very realistically laid down their burdens to help me carry mine. That's powerful. So, we shine by having a strong relationship here, but then letting it flow out here and doing something with that. Sharing with people what God's doing. Serving them. Sacrificing putting their needs before yours. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close. I want to give us a perspective of what happens when we shine. And it's a really cool perspective. I'm going to close with this. It's this. When we shine, church, we have an eternal impact. It's eternal. Because when we're shining, who are we pointing people to? Jesus. When people look around at our lives and the way we're living and they see something different, they see that there's something unique about us, they see us living exactly how Christ would want us to, they see our relationship with him, we get to point them to him. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? And that's beautiful. And well, Paul, Paul actually holds up an example of people who did that. We continue reading in 19. He says this, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare for everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But, Tim- but you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. And so we see Paul pointing to Timothy and say, look what Timothy's done. Look at the impact he's had. He's, he's shined. He's been in connection with the Lord, and he's, his life has been all about what Jesus wants. And he also points to someone else, someone by the name of Epaphroditus. We see here in verse 25, he says, But I think it necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. 
continues later on. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make, to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. So what Paul does at the end of this chapter, he's, he says, you want to look at people who really shined? Look at Timothy. Look at Epaphroditus. And it's crazy, almost 2,000 years later, who are we reading about? Timothy and Epaphroditus. They left a legacy, and, and not only has it lasted through the years, but I can't even begin to imagine the eternal impact they had in the lives of the people around them because we know that Timothy and Epaphroditus were pointing people to Jesus. We know that they were talking, about, talking and sharing the gospel. How powerful is that? So church, these are the options. We can shine or we can whine. We can shine and have an eternal impact or we can whine about the temporal circumstances around us. My prayer, our prayer, is that West Bowles, as a church, we shine. I'm going to pray and then we're going to welcome up the worship team and they're going to close us in one last song. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for, again, the opportunity for us to get to meet as a family, Lord. Lord, I just pray that um, as we go through life, Lord, as we walk through our week, I pray, Lord God, that we choose to shine and that we keep our eyes fixed on you, Lord God, and that we let the work you're doing in us, Lord God, the changes, the growth, everything you're doing, Lord, we pray that we let that work itself outward, Lord God. We pray that you use us to be lights in this very dark world that needs it, and Lord, that we point people to you. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.